This podcast is not intended to provide nor replace medical advice from a qualified medical professional. It was only a matter of time. Tom muttered to himself over the sound his ball made going into the pond for the second time. Tom had birdied the first hole and strung together four straight pars to follow. Intermixing a few bogeys over the next few holes, Tom had begun to feel like he was teetering on the edge of collapse. Those intrusive voices finally got their satisfaction on the 11th. Tom had flared one in the water off the tee and at that moment was locked in an internal battle between being convinced that he had initiated the inevitable doom and maintaining confidence that he was capable of having a great round. After topping his dropped ball back into the water, the battle was over. Now laying five, Tom made solid contact with the ball but pulled it to the left. A chip and two putts later, Tom walked to the next tee with an eight on his card. Regardless of what Tom would do, what he would say to himself, or how positive he tried to be, every tiny little error from then on in was just another massive nail in the coffin. When Tom sunk that final putt on 18, he was spent and completely ready to throw his clubs in the dumpster out behind the cart barn. Most of us can relate quite well to Tom's predicament. We've all started a round of golf like we were shot out of a cannon. Our ball striking is so good that the great results are a complete surprise. Our short game is on a level that would make Sebi blush, and it seems like someone has constructed a tiny little invisible track to guide our putts to the hole. At some point we begin to catastrophize, though. Our minds flitter around, thinking of all the ways the round could go south. Maybe we start hitting the ball terribly, or we lose the feel of our putter. Our day turns from one of potential magnificence to one of predictable doom. The sad fact is that it is only a matter of time before it happens. One mistake. One bad bounce. One rim-running lip-out. Just one incident starts us into a spiral of catastrophe, and just a couple of holes later we're struggling just to get the ball into the air. In this episode, we'll explore our propensity to fear the collapse of a good round the process our minds go through when we fear that collapse, and work with an activity that will help us to manage those thoughts in a healthy and deliberate way to reduce their effect on our performance. My name is Patrick, and this is The Mind Game. It's an age-old conundrum that every golfer can relate to. We know we're going to collapse. It's just a matter of time before it all begins to fall apart. The interesting thing, though, is that we're not fated to come apart. We have all the capabilities in the world to maintain the level of golf we've started out playing. If our mind and body is capable of producing a high level of golf on a temporary basis, there's nothing but fatigue, chance, and our mental state to get in the way. The bottom line is that barring the random chance that exists in golf, if you can par one hole, you can par them all. This is not to say that we should all be scratch golfers who never shoot anything other than par. It is instead attempting to give us the perspective that we aren't fated to fail. When we begin to worry about failure, we start our minds on the process of trying to deal with such failure. But because it hasn't happened yet, 
our minds begin to fantasize and imagine the collapse so that we can begin managing the damage. The catch here is that our minds are incapable of separating imagination from reality. Have you ever had a nightmare so real that you woke up sweating and screaming with your heart beating like it's trying to escape your chest? Or maybe you've had an intensely embarrassing moment in your past, and you get the same feelings in your body you had when it happened. The easy example, of course, is how well we understand the effects of PTSD, and how pronounced they are even when sufferers are now in the safest of environments. The same thing happens to us on the golf course. In our process of being concerned with our impending collapse, we initiate the exact same psychological and physiological states as if it had already happened. Two things occur next. First, we begin to desire the collapse. We've begun to believe that we are due to collapse because we always do. And this has caused our minds to initiate the process of managing those stressors by imagining the occurrence and then responding. Interestingly, there is another part of our mind that knows nothing has happened yet. This is when anxiety begins. Consider the memory of sitting in a hospital room waiting on a critical diagnosis waiting on your turn to interview for a significantly important job, or being called into the principal's office without being told why you're there. Eventually you just want it to start so it will all be over. You want the anxiety gone. And this feeling is powerful. It's so powerful, in fact, that we begin to generate the desire to fail, just so we don't have to feel the anxiety anymore. It's the ultimate form of self-sabotage. The second is that, upon the slightest hint that collapse is happening, we speed it along. Again, this is an effort to satisfy our desire to get through the issue and emerge on the other side. Whatever optimism we carried with us through the first hole has given way to the unrelenting need to fail, so that we can both release ourselves from the stress of waiting for the ball to drop and then push through the problem, and relieve ourselves from that emotional turmoil. We've all felt that too. When we're having a terrible round, nothing would make us happier than to be done with it. Because of this perspective, we begin to look for the event, for the signal that our collapse has begun. It becomes so invasive that we will either subconsciously commit a physical error, or we will misdiagnose an innocuous occurrence as the initial tip over the edge. It may even be that both happen at the same time. The challenge we face is how to work with our minds to quell the image of impending doom and view our potential to play good golf as a guarantee instead of the other way around. What can we do to not obsess over a good round? How can we hold off a collapse that feels inevitable? How do we release ourselves from the anxiety of certain doom when it takes so little to trigger our mind into catastrophe mode? There are two necessary techniques that we must access to prevent our minds from entering that space. The first is learning how to accept our intrusive thoughts as just thoughts and set them aside. The second is learning how to approach each shot as an individual and isolated shot. This episode's activity will focus on acceptance and release of our intrusive thoughts. Next week we will cover isolating each shot as an individual occurrence. One of the most powerful skills we can learn to find peace and contentment in our lives is to master the art of allowing our thoughts to exist without investing ourselves in them. When we notice our thoughts but do not attach ourselves to them, we give our minds the opportunity to become observers to the situation. As observers, we are emotionally detached, which releases us from considering those thoughts as real threats to us and our existence. 
without any real threats to respond to, we become relaxed and calm. Our decision-making is much more logical and intelligent, and our brains cease the operations that cause us to catastrophize and eventually self-sabotage. As part of this skill building, it must be emphasized that we are not eliminating nor destroying the thoughts that happen. Fighting their existence will never be an effective method of managing them. In fact, fighting them makes them worse. Instead, we accept their existence and give them a place to be while not allowing them to have an effect on us while we are golfing. Our activity today requires us to explore and practice while on the range and out on the course. We caveat this activity with the fact that it is not easy, that it takes time to become effective, and that we may not immediately see the small amounts of progress that we are making. Instead, we must trust that it works, continue to practice it as often as we can, and realize that our progress will be noticed in chunks rather than increments. These techniques are modified from a standard method of meditation used by millions of people around the world. We encourage you to explore further. There are many methods and techniques that can be found both online and through instruction that will enhance your ability to maintain focus and build on the intended effects of the following activity. This particular activity can be done in conjunction with last week's activity for the episode titled, And Back Away Slowly. When we are on the range, the activity requires a bit of setup. First, choose a focal point. It could be the ball, how your left hand feels on the club, imagining the target, or any number of others. It doesn't really matter what you choose, it just needs to be specific and physical and something you can focus on while you are standing over the ball. Once you have chosen your focal point, address the ball. Without force, focus on that point. You'll notice almost immediately that thoughts will begin racing through your mind. They'll feel uncomfortable and intrusive and immediately important, but none of them are. You have taken a few minutes of your day to conduct this activity, and it is the only important thing you are doing right now. When you first begin this activity, you will notice that there are a large number of thoughts. This is normal and is of no concern. Simply choose one thought, accept its existence, and then place it off to the side. Give it a physical location so that you have somewhere to put other thoughts as well. Try just above your right shoulder and behind you slightly. Essentially at eye level, but out of your peripheral vision. Continue to notice, accept, and set aside more thoughts as you notice them. Remember that the thoughts are not important at all, and not all of them have to be immediately dealt with, regardless of how loud and emotionally connected they may appear. If they are important, they'll come back. Trust us. Continue to pick particular thoughts out, accept their existence, and place them aside. You are welcome to name the place you put your thoughts. Giving it a name often helps our minds to view the location as a physical space and assist us in placing our intrusive thoughts there. We recommend combining this activity with last week's activity. Add this activity only to the counted portions of 15, 10, and 5 and simply replace the counting with the number of thoughts you notice and set aside. Reverse the order. Start with 5 and end with 15. If you do this activity separately, then simply start with a count of 5 thoughts and end with 15. Regardless, we recommend stepping away from the ball before you swing the club. Once you have practiced this activity on the range, taking it to the course is quite simple, but requires a few considerations. First, the range activity will not be beneficial while we are on the course. In fact, 
taking the range activity onto the course will have negative effects. Second, we must remember that our focus is on thoughts that center around our prediction of a collapse in our performance. It is especially important that we pay attention to our minds after a poor result, as this is the time when they will have their highest impact. Third, you'll notice that the thoughts will come at any time while on the course. At all times, aside from when you are standing over the ball, simply work with them. Notice, accept, and set aside. If they come while you are standing over the ball, then just step away and start your pre-shot routine again. As is always the case, we strongly encourage you to take the activity in this episode and apply it in your normal life. This is an excellent starting technique if you have been thinking of meditation as a method of enhancing your life and mental health. The beauty of this technique is that it can be done anytime and has no requirements for frequency, duration, or intensity. That means that if you do it just once a day, it will have positive benefits. Spending five minutes a day executing this activity off the golf course, in a quiet place and with your eyes closed, is a fantastic starting point. We all catastrophize about impending doom on the golf course. When we do, we initiate a process of mental engagement that ends with us desiring the very collapse we had initially feared, just to get it over with. Actively and deliberately working on our thoughts is the most effective and efficient way of maintaining a calm and optimistic outlook on our future performance. To do this, we must notice our thoughts, accept their existence, and set them aside without becoming engaged or attached to them or their perceived importance. Thank you so much for listening to The Mind Game. And as always, fix your divots, repair your ball marks, and enjoy yourselves out there. <laughs>